this is John with Ubaldi Reports, and with me is my good friend and fellow co-host, Joe Bitts. And today, I guess, like everybody else, is I don't know if they're talking about it, but I had the opportunity, as painful as it was, to watch the two-hour, almost two-hour-long presidential press conference by Joe Biden talking about his one-year anniversary, his accomplishments, and some of his challenges. So what was the purpose of this press conference? He was just kind of like, it's the day before his one year of him being in office. And if you ask me, it's probably been like the longest year of my life. (laughs) Well, I just think he was goaded into it. Meaning the media who has been his cheerleader since he announced he's running for president, that they goaded him into it saying, we haven't heard from you. The last few weeks has been an utter debacle for Biden. I mean, his Build Back Better agenda stalled. His voting rights agenda stalled. He went up to Capitol Hill three times. Each time he goes up there, he fails to get what he needs done. He can't get Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema to support the, the changing of the or ending the filibuster. Mm-hmm. You had inflation go to record highs. So this ha- and then crime has gone up. He hasn't had a great couple of weeks. And then the press was like, you got to do something. So he came out, let's do a press conference. But was it one of those press conferences set up where the questions were set up and the people that well, he was going to be talking with set up? Or did they, did they kind of get a little loosey-goosey with, with him? He started off by pointing to one person. Okay, you got, I'll take your question. Then after that, he just read from a pre-prescribed list. Mm-hmm. He didn't call on Fox News Peter Ducey, but Peter Ducey did get a question in almost at the tail end of his press conference. But the focus was on a couple of key issues. Voting rights was a big issue. Ukraine was a big issue. Mm-hmm. Some degree, the, the COVID was an issue. And he did talk about <clears throat> the Build Back Better agenda as it relates to inflation. So, but the problem you know, is... Well, I didn't want to talk about Ukraine for a second, because that's kind of like stepping into your forte, because... You're really big into like foreign policy and stuff like that. So with this coming up, this is kind of like John's moment to shine. But I did want to go back to what else was he talking about? He was talking about not vaccine or the crap. Just mentioned it. Build back better. Not build back better. The voting rights. He was saying that it's important to pass this bill because the Republicans are going to somehow manipulate the election i didn't understand what he was saying is he goes the republicans are trying to limit minorities voting that is he basically threw out the whole thing and throughout this whole process of voting rights Mm -hmm. it's not voting rights nobody's voting rights have been curtailed or suppressed it just prevents cheating it just authenticates the election yeah and he made a couple key points that he said the republicans are trying to prevent minorities of voting he he said that if the election of 2022 is not going to be fair or whatever he said because of these challenges and then one of the reporters asked him well mitt romney isn't will support some of the changes or some of the proposals you have in uh, build back build back the voting rights but you never called them 
Mm-hmm. And so one of the reports was, how come you haven't called Mitt Romney or any Republicans? Well, yeah, I had to first get my Democrats on board. Well, you haven't got Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema on board. Mm-hmm. Because you want to blow up the filibuster to get that. Now, they're supposedly having a vote right now just to, on that scale, but it's just going to go on the, down into defeat. Okay. So it's it's a done deal that it's going to go down. There's not going to be no. It's a no. It's a done deal. I'd be stunned. Even with if Romney, even with Romney, if he defected and was for it, no, Mitt Romney's not going to support this thing. Even if he did join to to end the filibuster, he would be torn up in the Republicans. But then if he did go in Cinema and Mansion are against it, he still doesn't have the votes. Okay. But the uh, the point that I'm I'm getting at is. Joe Concha of the Hill made a comment. He goes, one of the questions that they should have been asked is, you talk about voting rights. Why is it that New York and your state of Delaware have more restrictive voting rights than Florida, Texas, and Georgia that you claim is Jim Crow Mm 2.0? Why don't you change the voting rights in your states instead of criticize what other states are doing? And what this is, is a federal nationalization of the vet, the um, voting laws. Now, if you go by the Civil Rights Act of 1965, mm-hmm. that just talks about you can't discriminate and make rules that restrict the voting rights of minorities. It has nothing to do with changing the election laws. Yeah, The Constitution is explicit. States can make rules for their own states. Because mm-hmm. remember... When Texas sued other states for how they voted, yeah. well, the Supreme Court said, Texas, you have no right to tell the other states how they conduct their own election uh, voting laws. Mm-hmm. So this is the same thing. So what would it be is a nationalization of voting rights. So if you want to make a change, you have to get approval from the federal government. And one of the things that Democrats seem to be strangely at odds with is when you submit an absentee ballot, we want to know who you are, and they're against voter ID. Yeah. I mean, I understand history, minorities, especially African-Americans, were denied the right to vote because of voter ID laws. Mm-hmm. But this isn't 1955 Jim Crow South. Yeah. Today, you can't do anything unless you have a legitimate ID, whether a driver's license, identification card. You can't you in New York, you have to have a vaccine card and an ID to prove who you are in those certain places. But we're gonna allow people to vote. And, and well the just briefly with the vaccine card and the ID is still it was said by our president that it was more difficult for or it was a little bit more difficult for blacks and Hispanics to get vaccinated or know the risk of COVID-19 because they don't have access to computers. So and no, that, that's, not that's inherently and racist as well, isn't it? No, that, but that's not exactly true what he said. He said that the reason why Blacks and minorities and Latinos do not have, are not getting vaccinated like white America is because they do not know how to use the internet. Oh, okay, yeah. That was the statement. And I'm like, you're kidding me, right? But that wasn't challenged. But like, here's an example. As you know this, I'm staying with a friend temporarily. Yeah. I have a, a mailbox at UPS. 
I tried to not know I forgot about this. I tried to use that as my my residence to vote. Well, the state of Florida said you can't use that. It has to be a residence. Mm -hmm. So they rejected my that's not preventing me from voting. It's just making sure the legitimacy of the election results. You have to have a physical address out of a at a residence, not a P.O. box, not at a post office box. It has to be at a physical residence. So real quick, I did want to talk about what do you think about our president when he said that Martin Luther King's assassination did not have the impact as George Floyd's death when it comes to civil rights? See, that's totally misreading history and the civil rights movement itself. Yeah. Martin Luther King had a great deal to change the civil rights um, of America. But what would compel him to say that? That's what I'm trying to figure out is why would he say something like that? What's Because Democrats have the ability, they can say things that are totally, uh, totally wrong and let's say in, in his case, racist, but because they're a Democrat, they get a pass. If a Republican would have said the same thing, they would have been vilified. Yeah. And that's the problem when it comes to race in this country. If you're going to hold one person to one standard, another person to another standard, it's wrong. Yeah. And I would throw it back in the Democrats' face. You're all talking about you care for people of color. And I know I've mentioned this, and you're about ready to slap me if I say it again. But look at the school districts across the country. 70% of minority children across the country, particularly Black and Latino students, are deficient at grade level in math and and, um, in English. Yeah, but I mean, it's true. So, I mean, I can't really fault you for that. It's true. But who's holding these these districts accountable? Look at Chicago. They basically shut the school down for the first part of this year so, so they can put whatever thing they were worried about the pandemic, we're worried about this, but 70% of their school district children cannot do math or English to grade level. Well, weren't they also kind of leveraging it for something else? Yeah, they were leveraging it for more money. And I would ask the president mentioned it in his news conference, a lot of these states and school districts did not spend the COVID money correctly or some still haven't spent it. Mm -hmm. The Chicago public school system was given over a billion dollars. Where did all that money go? How was it spent? This is taxpayer money. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's a, a dismal failure. And that's the whole point. I mean, I was watching Fox News and they were so focused on Ukraine and voting rights. Well, Ukraine and voting rights are not at the top of the list of Americans' concerns. Yeah. So I would ask the president, how would Build Back Better reduce inflation? He wouldn't because it's just dumping money into the it's just dumping more money into the system. Correct. He did mention, well, like the the meat company, there's four meat companies that could have a monopoly. Well, a few years ago, before the pandemic, meat prices were low. We're, we are on the same system. So you, he was blaming everybody else. Instead of maybe the blame should pivot back to you, he mentioned like 21 Nobel economists said his plan would reduce inflation. But there was one prominent economist, Larry Summers, 
who was the Treasury Secretary for Bill Clinton and senior economic advisor for Barack Obama when he served as vice president, said, this is just going to cause more inflation. Yeah. Because all you're doing is putting cheap borrowed money into the system, chasing fewer goods, drives up the price of, of goods. He didn't mention anything about energy. You did everything you could to make us energy not independent. And we're so, he mentioned Russia, but anytime the price of oil goes up, Russia benefits. How is that a detriment against Vladimir Putin? Mm-hmm. Now, the other issues that weren't brought up, nothing was discussed on crime. That's gripping these American communities. Nobody asked him about the 2.5 million illegal immigrants crossing the southern border. Yeah. Now, Joe Concha from the Hill, I have to verify this. He said there are more 18 to 49-year-old individuals dying every year from fentanyl. That's, I know fentanyl is coming across the border. Mm-hmm. I just have to check that figure if that's accurate. But what he said is there's more 18 to 49-year-olds dying of fentanyl abuse than are dying of COVID. So what's the president's solution to that? Has he gone? He hasn't visited the southern border. Mm -hmm. So these are issues that nobody's asking. I mean, the press didn't. They were a little harder on him than they have been in the past. They've asked a follow up. They weren't taking his his statements. But the reason I think the press didn't ask him these other questions is because they're not affected by it. Yeah, they make really good salaries. They had a job during the pandemic when everything shut down. They didn't lose anything. Mm-hmm. And they probably benefited with the record stock market. But average Americans are seeing higher price for fuel, yeah. higher price for food. I went to Publix. And for our listeners, depends where you are. Publix is a uh, southeastern grocery <laughs> store yeah. chain. I went to Publix and it was painfully obvious there were stuff missing, glaring examples of stores shelves not fully staffed. Yeah, the president, staffed. Said, the president said that's not nine. That's nine. Oh, is it eighty nine percent? It's it, it is full, actually, and that's a little bit less than when COVID began or something like that. Then he said, "Yeah, that? he said that." But I would ask him because maybe in his world. The store shelves are stocked, but if you go to average citizens, they're not. Yeah, they're going to be like, you shop. They're going to be like, hey, the president's coming in. Yeah, I mean, you shop with your family. You go to the grocery store. You look at the shelves. Like I did a a TikTok on the empty store shelves, and I panned the cereal section. It looks full, but if you look, if you, I said this, pull one of the boxes off. It's empty in the back. Yeah. They just, we call it, uh, when I worked at a grocery store, we call it facing it up. You move everything forward and make it nice and neat so it looks like it's full when it's not. Mm -hmm. And there's a person I work with. She's one of the managers of Chick-fil-A. She pays a higher price for, for, for milk. And milk, it doesn't go on sale. There's no buy one, get one free on milk. Yeah. So all these issues are what Americans are concerned about. Now, USA Today had a poll, um, I think it came out a week ago, and voting rights 
didn't even crack the top 1% of the public's concerns. They're concerned about inflation, coalesce with the economy, crime, and immigration. Yeah. All those issues were not really addressed, especially crime and immigration, but inflation was not checked regarding the the broader aspect of the economy. When it went up 7% from the consumer price index in December, and then the producer price index, that's where it's all goods or materials that go into products, that went up 9%. Used car, I mean, I would venture anybody, look at used cars. Look at the price increase of a used car. You actually know what? You should sell your truck. You might actually get make full of profit on that one. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> everything has gotten more expensive, and this impacts Americans' bottom line. Now, if gas is kind of stabilizing now, I think it went up to $87 a barrel. We're at January. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to be when we get into April and May? when everybody starts warming up and starts to travel again and demand goes up and supply has shrunk. And the Biden administration's begging OPEC and Russia caucuses with them to, to increase production. And they said, no, why would they? Yeah. Lower, lower, lower supply means higher demand. That means higher profit for them. So one of the questions, and even like, I think it was probably the second one, where he was like, hey, you overpromised," and he was trying to kind of lead him into saying he was underdelivered, but the president has like this really weird misconception of how well of a job he's doing, does he? Well, here's a, but here's a point. Mara Eliasson of NPR, she, she was asked that question, and she said he way overpromised. Remember during the campaign, he just for the sake of argument, listen to what he said during the campaign. I will shut down COVID, yeah. not the economy. That didn't happen. I will increase American economic well-being. That hasn't happened. Yeah. I will do this. I will do that. Nothing like testing. I will increase testing. We spent 80 billion and we still have a shortage of testing. So all the promises as he made, he hasn't fulfilled. He lambasted Trump on China. He hasn't even mentioned COVID to President Xi of China since he's been elected. But wasn't, one of, the, wasn't one of the questions asked was that was Hunter Biden involved in with something? Oh, I don't I don't remember them asking about Hunter Biden. <laughs> It was at the end, it was at the tail end. It's kind of like a free for all because he kind of answered and he actually went into another additional 20 minutes of just calling on people and they brought some stuff up. And he would quickly dismiss it. He wouldn't kind of give it any, any like any thought, but still it was mentioned. Well, where's the, the media inquiry into that one? If that would have been, I mean, think about it. If, uh, say, Jared Kushner or Donald Trump Jr. would have been discharged from the Navy for cocaine abuse, would have been involved in questionable dealings with Russia, I mean, with Ukraine, Mexico, China, Mm -hmm. or if helped secure a cobalt mine 
for China in the Congo, and then had this art show given out hundreds of millions of dollars for his paintings to people we don't know, would the press not have covered that? No, they won't. And then they would have, or if those Kushner or Trump Jr. would have lost the laptop and then a video surfaced that said, I think the Russians got it. Do you really think that would have been a non-story? Of course not. But it's just all these other issues the media focuses on, but I think the reason is because they're so isolated from what Americans are going through. And when nobody asked them, it goes, well, how does this reduce inflation? How are you going to reduce inflation? I mean, how? Or who are these Nobel Prize winning economists you mentioned? Name them. Mm -hmm. Name five. Just throw their names out. Well, I mean, he has no problem mentioning first names, but when it comes to actually who the person is, you're kind of left in... Well, then he blames Republicans for every ill. They're not wanting to work with me. The me- one media reporter, which was totally, you can tell he was supported by me, said this is the same thing when the Republicans wouldn't meet with, didn't want to see Obama succeed. I would throw that's that's totally false. And then where were the Democrats when Trump was president? They didn't work with the Republicans. They did everything they could to stymie, just like he talks about the filibuster where the Democrats, when they were in the minority, they did everything they could to, they stopped the Tim's cop police reform legislation because they didn't want to give credit to the Republicans. What they, isn't, there, isn't there like a little part of you just telling them like, hey, go ahead and do it because we all remember what happened with the nuclear option. Correct with Harry Reid. Yeah, you know, and that kind of set them up, but then it just kind of it kind of benefited Republicans or especially you know Trump when he nominated three of the Supreme Court justices. So why not, you know, get rid of the filibuster and we could just use it against them? Because even if they get rid of the filibuster, they're still going to have to jump a hurdle in order to get that bill passed. And we still know where cinema and mansions stand. The only reason, the only reason why I don't want to do that, because it's just a tit for tat. I want both parties. And Reagan said this. You're never going to get 100% of what you want. If I get 80%, I'm good. And we really haven't had any bipartisan bills passed in the last number of years. I want both parties. Hold on, just a correction. We had that one that was kind of, that went after the... Well, the infrastructure. That went after the hospitals for putting on bogus or inflated oh yeah that's an easy fix i'm talking about major pieces of legislation now infrastructure posh you got about 18 republicans to cross over and join that but i mean really big items like immigration or tax reform or any of these other issues it's all passed on a partisan basis and both sides need to realize you're never going to get 100 percent if we get 80%, I'm good. And then you can work on the others later. Yeah. Now, he did say that he would 
do parts of Build Back Better, but we'll have to see on the cost because the one thing he said, his plan would not add to the debt or increase taxes on anybody making $400,000 or more, but that's false because twice last year, once in November, the CBO said it would cost, it would add $300 billion to the debt for his plan, then when they did the fully implementation of it, if all his spending lasts for the full duration of his plan, it would cost five trillion and add three trillion dollars to the debt. Yeah. So there was a lot of you could say falsehoods or mis whatever, but they they were not truthful on yeah. a lot of things. So. So. What's going to follow for the next year? You know, well, we have at least another three more years of Joe Biden. So what's what's to come, John? Well, if you read some of the news reports from economists, they said inflation is going to be here for a while, at least in the 2023. Okay. And the Federal Reserve is going to be raising interest rates. So that's going to clamp down on the money supply, but it's also going to raise interest rates. And that's going to impact people from getting loans business from getting loans so I'm we'll have to see kind of cool I, that, gonna, I got a i got a low interest rate i'm cool you're cool but if anybody wants to buy a new house a new car or anything like that they're gonna have to pay a little bit more than they would otherwise yeah you're gonna need an apartment soon yeah and the rent prices have gone up and i talk to people where i work they're all either having second jobs they're living with their home uh, you know, their parents or they're getting some kind of subsidy somewhere else. And that's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, rent prices where I live in South Tampa have gone up dramatically. Okay, I do want to talk about that for just a second. I mean, kind of giving people an idea, but rent in South Tampa is not, it's, it was, it was, it was a lot just, before all this went off. <laughs> no, it was, but there was one place I was looking at for a two bedroom was 1400. Yeah. That same place is now 1700. So what you're forcing people to do is to live, whether you, no matter where you are across, you're forcing people to live further and further out, but then they got to drive and commute in. Mm-hmm. So if gas prices are keep going up, and it just went up to $87 a barrel today. If gas prices go up, your wages may have gone up, but inflation went up far higher than your wages. You actually lost money. Yeah. They said that gas has gone, where has doubled, right? Yeah. So you're paying more, but you're getting less in return. And if you're struggling um, financially, you are, um, or you're on the bottom round, you're paying more. You're getting killed. Yeah. So that's the challenge. And that's what the, the, the reporters should have focused on, but they didn't. It was always like Russia, the voting rights, a little bit. They focused on Build Back Better, but they never challenged the president. Well, how would this reduce inflation? How would this create jobs? Like he talks about, we're going to create all these green jobs. How? Yeah, you just canceled the Keystone XL pipeline a year ago. And how greatly, if he did do that, if he did open up the Keystone pipeline, how greatly would that impact gas prices? 
it would take some time to impact gas prices because it just takes time. It's beyond just Keystone. It's the end in a lot of the oil leases or energy leases on federal lands. He canceled other pipelines or failed to, um, to approve the permits. But the most important thing he did is he forces the, and through the Federal Reserve, when he talks about his Federal Reserve board individuals that he's picking, they all want to factor in climate change to loaning capital to the energy sector. Mm-hmm. So right now, even if he did all these things, the energy sector is not going to get the loans it needs because why would they after this is all over they're going to get right back and punished again and the democrats want to are punishing the energy sector so there's no incentive for them to invest in the united states they may invest outside the united states but they're not going to invest inside america yeah all right so why don't you go ahead and tell them how they can get a hold of us john you can get a hold of us by going to John, I mean, John, excuse me, I go to ubaldireports.gmail.com. That's ubaldireports.gmail.com. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Ubaldi Reports. And we would love to hear from you guys and let you think of these podcasts. Catch us on TikTok where you can see some of the videos that we do regarding these topics. And we'd love to hear from you. So until next time, keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. And Joe, any comments? Just that we should be live next week. Because, you know, this whole COVID thing is probably fizzled out by now. And then, yeah, we can give you, go back to live streaming and give you guys some entertainment face-to-face. And we will talk to you guys later. All right, till next time, keep listening to your Baldy Report.